2: Hello and welcome to a brand new and the final episode of this season's uh, Burning Questions series by Fantasy Football Scout. In this series, Pras and Aldo talk about the key hot topics for the week. Uh, you know, a bit of a sentimental time uh, with the last game week coming up. Pras, how are you doing, my friend?
1: I'm doing well, man. Can't can't wait for the end of uh, I mean, what has been a very, very long season. Yeah. Uh, I think it's because of the World Cup, it's been the longest season. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's had his ups and ups and downs, and the ups have been higher and the downs have been lower because of the the multiple double game weeks. So, ready to attack the last game week and get a little rest. Yeah, it's a peculiar season if you look at it
2: from you know a helicopter view. Um, we had uh, Holland first signing in the beginning of the season. People went against him at first initially, which you know in hindsight is crazy to think about. You know then we, then we had. A short season cut off with the World Cup. The World Cup was a you know great World Cup uh, in terms of football wise, and then we come back and uh, lots of doubles. Everyone has like the same players, same pool of players to pick from, so it was hard to gain rank. But here we are. Um, we've gotten a couple of messages here and there about people you know having a really good season uh, by watching our our podcast, and I'm sure other you know content creators as well. Uh, and even if you're not a content creator, I feel like the level of FPL managers has risen up, up above um, from last season as well. And I'm sure we'll continue to see that. We've seen, you know, people like uh, uh, Stormzy recently come in and, and get into the
1: FPL world, which is great to see.
2: FPL is massive. Uh, it's getting massive. By the way People massive. are
1: saying uh, your mic is low. Sorry to interrupt. Oh, okay. So maybe come closer.
2: Yeah. Is this okay? Is this okay?
1: Well, we'll find out. We'll, we'll see. Find yeah. out. Let's carry yeah. on.
2: Okay, so yeah, for today's episode, guys, um, I think uh, a lot of people are doing sort of uh, differential punts, uh, but in the end, at the end of the day, like we're gonna get some last-minute news, maybe, maybe not. Um, and there's only so much you can do because hits are very dangerous with one, you know, game week to go. Um, and I do think there are some template differential players that people are looking at, uh, and, and so I guess we'll talk about that, but we'll kind of go through sort of the teams and where their positions are uh, in terms of the league. Then we'll go for, um, you know, final day goal statistics. We'll look at the fixtures, look at clean sheet data, um, score data, um, as well as uh, whether hits are worth it for this game week. Uh, anything else you want to add here, Pras?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, it's it's my least favorite from a content perspective, Game Week 38, because number one, there's nothing in the future. And you know that we love talking about the future um so apart from game week 38 there's nothing to talk about and the other thing is your probability of being right gets shorter and shorter the 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 smaller the the sample is right so for example if i said if i said to you next season who will be the top 10 fpl scorers you probably get 7 out of 10 right mm-hmm. because you you know over a large game week sample over 38 you probably have salah haland kane and stuff so when you get into 10 game weeks if I ask you the top 10 point scorers, it gets even lower. Maybe you'll get three right, maybe four. In one game week, you have no clue. I mean, you and, and the proof is that kings of the game week that comes up, right? That team of the week, you have no clue who these players are. There's no logic to bringing in them in. And so, yeah, it's just darts. If you have, Now, today is not a magic bean, it's a dart. Uh, so you have one or two darts that you have to throw and you just hope that you hit the bullseye. Um, and that will also depend on... What is your risk threshold where you are chasing or not? So we'll keep that in mind. You know, there is no wrong answer in terms of a punt. Yep, yep. Uh, As Rahul says, Gaming38 is
2: all vibes transfer, uh, which I partly agree with. Um, I'm I'm messing around with the mic situation here. I guess it's muffling a bit. Um, So your feedback is welcome um, in the chat if you guys feel like uh, it's a little bit off. But I think it should be better now. Um, So without further ado, let's get into our first slide, pros. Yep, let's do it. So this is sort of the you know um, what's what what teams are still at play. Maybe if you want to explain the top half, um, I can do a little bit of the the relegation and 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 what Everton, Leicester, and Leeds have to play for.
1: Well, um, so Premier, obviously, congratulations to Man City for winning the title. It has had a massive impact uh, the Arsenal game on on this game week. Uh, you know, basically, Man City not playing any of their players. Even tonight, I'm seeing a lot of players haven't travelled, like or rumoured to not have travelled, like Grealish and Akanji and Diaz. So it's had a big impact on this game. week. We were expecting the impact to come in Game Week 38, but it's come now. So uh, Man City um, are through. And then the other thing is all the top five teams, because if Man United get even a point against Chelsea, then all the top five teams have nothing to play for in in Game Week uh, 38. So, motivations... I will talk about it. Motivations are irrelevant, by the way, but motivations play a role in the minutes. Mm -hmm. If you have to win the game to win the league, then all your players, all your big players will play. So the minutes are higher. If you don't care, then the minutes are lower. You could get a 45th minute sub, a 55th minute sub and so on and so forth. So that's when we talk about motivations, we're talking in the context of the minutes the big players are expected to get. So in the top five teams, it's now a complete lottery in terms of who will start if, um, like I said, if Man United win. So therefore, who not only who starts, but who is subbed off early or not. And we're in trouble because most of our teams are comprised of these top five teams, but we will see. Yep. Um, Coming into sixth, Brighton have obviously secured European football, but they haven't secured Europa League. They are, you know, mathematically, they can still be caught by Aston Villa, but because their goal difference is 20 and, um, you know, Aston Villa is plus four, it's very unlikely. So let's say if they lose 5 nil to Man City today, then Villa will have to beat them by 5 nil to get to Europa League, which is all very unlikely. So theoretically speaking, or not theoretically, but practically speaking, Brighton have made it. And not only have they made it to Europe, they made it to the Europa League. Then is the interesting bit, which is Aston Villa, Spurs and Brentford. Aston Villa are desperate for Europe. They haven't been in Europe for a long time. They will want the Conference League. And if you come seventh, you'll get the Conference League. Yeah. So they will want to win that game, and so again, it plays a little bit into X minutes. Why we have Oli Watkins as the thumbnail, uh, you know, basically they will want to beat Brighton in the last game. Spurs, you can argue both ways. Maybe they don't want Europa League, uh, sorry, Conference League, because you saw this year, right? They, they completely they threw it; they were not interested. It.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: So that doesn't mean they will not beat Leeds, but that just just means that their motivations to do it aren't coming from the fact that they have to win. To, to reach the Conference League, and then Brentford have a game against City. Um, they have to rely on both Spurs and Villa not winning for them to 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 get there, and then they have to beat Man City. So, that's at least the top of top half of the table. Uh, relegation, you wanted to talk about.
2: Uh, just to go back, so your uh, your assumption with Brighton is they're going to still field uh, their strongest team possible.
1: Uh, in the last game week, no. Uh, I, I mean, if they get if they get a point, let's say against Man City, then they're done. Then the Europa League is done. So, mm-hmm. I mean, anyway, Derby De has rotated so much that their mm-hmm. lineup becomes a question mark anyway. But it could be anything. So we can't say anything about their their lineups. If you don't get in leagues, assume that the first team starts, mm-hmm. but there's no guarantee. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. So at the bottom half of the table, I think it's quite interesting. Uh, first, uh, shout out to. Nottingham Forest for, you know, uh, getting into the Premier League last game week, which was uh, awesome to see. I think, I think a good way to look at it is Everton is a pretty hot team to talk about this game week. I think a lot of people are considering a differential there, whether it be for a defensive asset such as Pickford is a decent, you know, keeper option for this week. I also don't think you should make a keeper move. It's just not, not enough upside for one game week. But uh, Everton's an interesting place if they lose and for example Leicester elites win then they automatically get relegated if they do tie they do get to 34 points which would mean that the only way this correct me if I'm wrong cross is Leicester would have to win both of them get to 34 points and I believe Leicester has less goal difference so they would uh, qualify through
1: sound is low again uh, Andy at least uh, that's what I'm hearing
2: Uh, sorry, guys. Can you can you hear?
1: Okay, well, they'll, they'll tell us. So yeah, if yeah. if you increased it for both of us, then that's fine. So yeah, I mean, look, ever yeah, it's pretty simple that Everton need to um to win against um against Bournemouth, and then they're they're staying in the Premier League, and that would relegate both Leicester and Leeds. This is by the way very important because if somehow they um are two 0 up. Right, a lot of people are saying, "Oh, Leicester are going to go for it. They have to go for a win. They have to go for a win. Leeds have to go for a win." Imagine if Everton are two 0 up on the tenth minute. That's going to basically completely deflate Leicester and Leeds, right? Because they know that they're they're heading out. And Bournemouth are already okay. Okay, people are saying, better. "Yeah, we're good. We're good." Yep. Yeah. Okay, so so Bournemouth are already not as you know you could argue on the beach practically and also physically. Um, so then it's not like they're going to push them for a two-all. So it's very important to understand the Everton game will have big implications on Leicester and Leeds. And so if Everton win, they're done. Mm. If Everton even draw, now what happens there is if Leicester and Leeds need to, absolutely need to win to overtake yeah. them. There's actually a very interesting scenario where Leeds could overtake Everton. And if they, let's say, they beat Spurs by three goals, they could actually go through by goals number of goals scored because they would have the same number of points they would have the same goal difference mm-hmm. it would come down to the number of goals scored and therefore leeds would qualify if everton draw and leeds win by three goals so yeah lots of interesting scenarios but for me the relegation scrap becomes interesting if everton are not winning or if they're losing to bournemouth
2: yeah yeah you think like they will hear half time and then the game state changes and and then some that yeah Okay, I guess our sound is good now.
1: Well, some are saying I'm too high. But anyway, we'll see. We'll adjust ourselves. Um, So interesting implications then for people who are the teams that are playing West Ham. Sorry, that are playing Leicester and Leeds. Because let's say the the Everton game is one all, or they're losing 1-0 to Bournemouth. Then those teams have to go for it. Mm -hmm. They have to go for it. I mean... You know, Leicester will have their kit man playing up front. If 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 on the 80th minute, you know, it's it's they're drawing or they're behind, and Everton aren't winning. So there's scenarios there where actually you could say, I'm not going to target the team that is motivated. I'm going to target the team that is playing the team that is motivated because they have to go for it because of their, um, because of you know what they have to do to get there. But these are all narratives, and there'll be a narrative for everything. You can argue each way on Arsenal, on Liverpool, on the relegation teams, and the game could go either way. This is why I'm saying this is all vibes. So this is at least what I'm thinking, that um, I might actually not consider Everton as much as I will consider Crystal Palace, for example, because they have nothing to play for. They already know that going in. With Everton, I'm taking a punt that if they score a couple of goals, the game is dead. You know, they will they will be happy to defend. Bournemouth will be happy to sort of not overexert themselves. And that has implications on Leicester and Leeds. I think, uh, I think when you
2: you know say the narrative, I think it's a common narrative that's going to be played this week, and for good reason. Um, you know, you target the teams like Leeds, Leicester, Everton, who have something to play for, especially if they're you know needing to get a goal or needing to win or needing to get three goals, as you mentioned. Then, uh, yeah, you you might want to get a Spurs player to play against Leeds. Uh, you might want a captain, Kane, this and that. But at the same time, I think as we transition to the next slide. Um, just because the teams in the middle are in the beach doesn't mean they're not going to score. And we've seen historically right. in Game Week 38, there's been a lot of goals um, and fewer. I don't know about fewer clean sheets, but there's definitely been a lot of goals. Um, and I guess we'll transition to that one.
1: Yeah. I mean, look, this is this is from an article uh, on the scout. I think Neil did it. Um, and no, actually, this is Tom. Um, mm-hmm. So this is um, Tom, who's been collecting this data for a while. And what this shows is quite simple, that on game week 38, number of goals per game for the last 12 seasons have been higher yeah. than the all other games combined. So very clear that if you're going for a punt, this is the week to go for a punt, go for an attacking punt. And, um, you know, you will get more go- games on average, goals on average. And they don't have to come from teams, like you said, Andy, from teams that have something to play for. It yeah. could be actually the teams that have nothing to play for yeah. that could provide so the goals. Are, I mean, I... Yeah. Very famous 5-5 mm-hmm. between uh, West Brom and Man United at Sir Alex Ferguson's final game. People keep talking about that game as the final game where Lukaku scored a hat-trick, 10 goals in that game. So yeah, th- I mean, these things do happen, but they do ha- they happen more infrequently than we think. Yeah. I don't think I want to form a narrative here,
2: um, but I did do some like looking into the games of between 18-19 uh, to 21-22. Um, and you can see there goals per per game right so average 3.9 for example if you actually look into it let's say say there's 10 games in the final game week of 38 in 21 22. there was six games with four goals or more uh, so that could have been like a 3-1 it could have been a 5-0 I believe Man City won 5-0 or something uh, and then you know 2021 there was three games with four more goals the previous season there was five games with four more goals which is like 50 percent of games uh, and then the previous season, there was four goal, four games with four or more goals. Uh, and of those games, Man City, in the last four seasons, Game Week 38, have gone 3-2, 5-0, 5-0, 4-1. Um, so, I, it's, look, again, I'm not trying to form narratives, but I do think there is uh, there is a little bit of truth in the fact that there are a lot of goals uh, to be scored in the final game week. Now, can you yep. pick out the right player from the right team that's going to score? you
1: know, that's, that's uh, you know, shot in the dark. So, yeah. I mean, perfect example was this week, right? Uh, let's say everybody found out that Man City has won the league mm-hmm. before, after the deadline. But let's say the deadline was Sunday morning. Everybody found out that Man City has won the league. They're going to heavily rotate. Mares is starting without Holland. People would go crazy for Mares, right? They would yeah. captain him. Yeah. They would say, okay, this is going to be the party week. He's going to get his start. He blanked. And then Rodrigo scores three goals. Yeah, Rodrigo. So, (laughs) yeah. I mean, so it's just very difficult to call in a single game week. What happens? Throw your dart and hope for the best. Yeah. 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 Just um, interesting stuff to look at.
2: I don't think we should form any narratives or, you know, look at these numbers and, and think too highly of it.
1: But, yeah. So when we look at the next slide, and now let's talk about the teams. So let's basically, let's talk about the fixtures. And let's let's guess who who our punts will be. Um, I want us to think about three criteria for, for a punt, right? Let's talk about if you're picking a punt, what is the expected minutes? So th- that comes into you know the motivations of that particular team. Is it a good attacking team? And what is the motivation of the opponent? So there are other criteria like home or not and stuff, but I think for me, these are the three that I want. Okay. do i expect that guy to get minutes now you may find that out through pre-deadline leaks or whatever or the manager in game week 38 by the way managers are a lot more relaxed as well because they don't have a lot to to you know hide yeah so they could just say that you know carson's going to get the final game edison won't start um you know you may get or you know clock could say Firmino will get his send off or maybe not, but you, you you get some of these a little bit before. You might get them pre deadline through a legitimate um, journalist rather than just a random Twitter account. So look out for that. I think so. Minutes will be important. I think good teams is very important. I think I see a lot of these punts going for players where teams are not even expected to score two goals. I mean, I'm sorry, Everton. We'll talk about. And in fact, let's go to Everton. Mm. But Everton are decent. But I'm not fielding Dukure, McNeil as much as some of the other punts because Everton just don't tend to score that many goals. So what are we expecting? That at 3-0, they will continue to put all their, you know, they will retreat Mm. at 2-3-0. They will basically say, okay, Premier League is done. Um, We don't need to go gung-ho. So it doesn't really, I don't think it becomes like a 4-5-6-0. Everton are never that kind of team. I would rather actually punt on an Everton defender. I know defender punts aren't so big. Yeah, but how, but do, you, personally, how do you
2: read? How do you read the Everton defense um, compared
1: to the offense? Like, is it? But, well, I just think they will play safety first because 100%. they will, you know, yeah. they will say, "We, if we keep a clean sheet today, mm-hmm. then the other two teams have to win." And beating West Ham or beating Spurs is not easy, even though you're at home. So, I, I think their mindset will be, "Let's keep a clean sheet." Let's keep it tight. We will attack. Of course, it's Bournemouth. So we will attack one or two. You know, if we get one or two goals, that's it. Close your shop. We don't need to overexert ourselves. That's it. Job done. So this is why I think this is not, again, this is my narrative, that this is is a 2-0 game. Mm -hmm. That's it. And... It may change if Bournemouth eke out a goal early on and then the whole thing changes because they have to attack and then there's lots of goals. But my personal thinking is that's what the manager is telling them before starting the match.
0: Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle.
2: Yeah, I think it's a a fair point. I think it's going to be, for Everton, sort of a chess match and and sort of see how the first half goes and as you mentioned, if they're up, then they'll focus on defending, getting that three points and locking in the Premier League. I'm sure they'll be aware of the other games going on. Um, You know, there might be pressure on a 1-0 if they're leading, for example, and you see the other two teams are somehow beating Spurs and um, I forget who, who Leicester's playing, but yeah. West Ham. West Ham, yeah, exactly. So yeah, interesting. I guess we get to Everton before we get to Crystal Palace. We are we well. I are also brief. want to
1: shout out Adam from Avara Jeff FPL. Mm-hmm. He's he's been shouting the Everton defense or Yeri Mina or whoever. Has he been? Or <laughs> Look, I think you know we tend to think. I mean, we've just shown a stat where there's more goals, but you have to ultimately pick players that you think will score points. And I don't think Everton attacker like an Everton defender for me is a better pick. And then that's that's another thing that we haven't talked about is. We when we get these leaks, you will see that two or three of your players may not start. Remember last last season? I think it was Alonso, um, that that we got a pre deadline pre game week thirty eight deadline leak that Alonso isn't starting, and everybody basically made a defender transfer as their last transfer in game week thirty eight. I think it was thirty eight. Mm-hmm. So my point is, don't be closed to only do- going for an attacker punt. I think if you hear, let's say Trent is not starting, at least in my in everybody's mind, they should have somebody. That they will get as a defender punt if some news trickles. Like
2: you're just trying to put water in the hype of like, or like slow down the hype of like. You need to go for an attacking, high potential hauler uh, when even that is very difficult to predict and and pick out.
1: We will see at the end of this. We will show you the predicted points on the FF Scouts Rate My Team website. The average predicted points of pretty much everyone whose name isn't Haaland or Salah is 4.8, 4.9. So if you're, if you're going to take out a player that's playing, especially take a hit to replace them with a player that is also playing, I don't think the upside is there. But if your player isn't playing, so my example being Trent, taking him out for a Tarkowski, using that money and getting somebody else. This is applicable for two free transfers, by the way. Using that money to upgrade a Isak um, to a Jesus, I think has much higher opt- potential, even, even if you think Eze is the better pun. Yeah. So we taking out two players that are not playing for two high upside punts, even if they're not the highest upside punts, that's a better play than just, you know, getting one pointer from a guy who's not starting. I mean, my take on the Everton
2: defense is that if you're gonna go for an Everton defender, why not go for a Ben White against uh I think I think it's Wolves. You know, why not wait for maybe Robo's bench and you can go for a cheap Simicas, right? Could um, do, could do. You know why I, I, I feel like that's where I would lean to even a I don't know about Poro, but even that gives me a little bit more confidence. And not that Spurs are playing great, but at least he's very attacking, right? So, um, are, you know, maybe you're just being blinded by this game state and Everton having to get a clean sheet and win when there's no guarantee they're going to get a clean sheet. Um, And, you know, maybe, maybe Ben White is just a outstandingly better option than, than an Everton defender.
1: Fair, fair. I mean, I just want to make clear that Trent is... There's nothing we've heard in Trent. I'm, I'm just using <laughs> Trent as an example of a team that has not, ha, may not have anything to play for in game week 38. But look, I mean, the other thing to talk about f- from an Everton point of view, McNeil actually played left-back because Mikolenko was injured. And so we are hoping for the news um, from Sean Dyche and Mikulenko being back. Otherwise, McNeil is dead as a punt anyway. Because, yeah, yeah. you know, if he plays a defender, that's not something that you want. Um. Shall we go to Crystal Palace? Yeah, this is fun. I, I'm I'm enjoying this, like, sort of
2: talking to you about uh, figuring out who the right punts are. I'm going to pour cold water on all yeah. of
1: them, don't yeah, worry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because ultimately you can't predict it. So we have to manage our expectations a little bit uh, when it comes to teams like Everton. Crystal Palace have been fairly attacking. But yeah, I mean, let's talk about that. Yeah. Crystal Palace ticks the box on good attacking team, at least on more recent data it ticks the box on opponent motivation Mm -hmm. because opponent is not motivated. opponent is, in fact, drunk because opponent has just been confirmed to be staying in the Premier League. Mm -hmm. So it ticks those two boxes. So now find a player that has good minutes and that ticks all three criteria. So this is why, unfortunately, the whole of FPL community is going to be buying Eze this week, Mm -hmm. Um, assuming all the other players start. In fact, I think he's one of the good punts, especially if Zaha's out, he's also on penalties. Alongside maybe an Olise, um, who should be you know I think those two are excellent funds to to go for in game thirty eight. I agree. I
2: think the only option in Crystal Palace is Eze. I think he's very reliable. I think he's proven uh, to get FPL points as well, especially in the second part of the season. So I do like Eze, and I do I do think that with Roy coming in, um, the team's playing differently. Not that Vieira was doing bad. They just couldn't score. And now they seem to be finding the back of the net. So I do like Eze. I don't think it screams like um, maybe it is the view that we have on Crystal Palace and wanting to always go for a player from a top four, top five team. That kind of skews your vision of like how good these players are for uh, mid-tier teams. Um, but I don't think it screams like a lot of points. Maybe one goal, maybe one assist here um, here and there.
1: But yeah, that's my my view on Eze. Yeah, I mean, I saw some people looking at uh, captaincy shouts and stuff. I mean, I still back the bigger teams to score more goals. You just never know. I mean, this could become a nil-nil type of game as well. So fair if you wanted to go there. But I think, yeah, apart from Eze. By the way, I also want to shout out Edward. And why I'm doing that is because you have to look at the weaknesses in the current template or or FPL managers' teams. I think the weaknesses will be an attacker Mm -hmm. because a lot of people may still have a lingering ESAC or even Alvarez, for example, if he's not starting. So I think looking at an attacker-like replacement for, you know, Edward could fund a Mitoma up to a Saka, for example, or a Luis Diaz. So it gets you a, a very different player. So you could go for that combo instead of an Eze type player. So some people with one free transfer... They're thinking, Brighton midfielder, I don't need two anymore. Um, you know, they may not have anything to play for. They're away to Villa. So, yes, easy transfer to Eze. And I think that works. Yeah. But what will happen is, you will hear pre-deadline that one of your players, a part that is not called a Brighton mid, is not starting. And at that point, don't overcommit yourself that I have to get Eze. I have to get Eze. Mm. Don't get it into your mind that I have to get Eze. Because what's going to happen is, you will have to take care of that position let's say it's rashford as an example mm-hmm. uh, i used trent before now let's use rashford man united are done rashford has been ill rashford's not starting now Ezek could be a decent pick for rashford but maybe there are other midfielders that are of rashford's price mm-hmm. maybe if you, maybe you know if Mars is starting or gundo is starting or um, you have some funds left mm-hmm. and you can get to saka mm-hmm. odegaard Trossard, so We are fixating so much on Eze. The reason is because people have one free transfer and they have a spare Brighton mid to lose. And that's why people are focusing on it. He's a good pick, but there are also lots of other good picks. Yeah, yeah, all fair. I mean, one of the great
2: things about having two free transfers is Eze could also be sort of the fantastic option slash enabler to get to a possible Kane. I mean, I think, I don't know if you can do Bruno to Eze and have enough from Isak to Kane. Probably not, but... Um, he could, could be do, also, could you know, he could be a good enabler for that second power move, whatever it may be.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I guess I'm just trying to talk people out of hits. That if you if you put Ez into your mind so much that you'll wake up and you, uh, you know, 15 minutes to deadline, you'll get news and then you'll do those moves of players who are not starting, but then get Eze as well because everyone has told you Eze is scoring a hat trick. It's yeah. just a game. Yeah, uh, he can blank. Nice. Um. Then Jordan are you? I mean, there's also people out there who are thinking everybody is picking Eze. I'm sick of this. Go for Jordan Ayu. I think he's fine. He's just not on penalties. Maybe data is slightly worse than Eze. Who cares? It's game week 38.
2: Yeah, I think I'd still go for Eze, but sure. You could go Ayu. I, I, I wouldn't be mad about it. Yeah.
1: Like, if let's say you, you have a mini league rival, right? Who okay. you know has also been listening to content, right? He will go for <laughs> okay. Eze. And if you're five points behind, go for IU yeah. or release it. Yeah. So that's what I'm trying to talk about. It so is this game. is the time. Yeah. This is the time. You know, play game theory. Yeah. Um, if if they have a complete Twitter template team, they're ahead. Yeah. They will play it safe. They'll get. Are it you ahead. in so, any mini
2: leagues that you're completely invested in, like the early days of like you know
1: you know what I'm talking about when when you were in mini leagues where you would need when you to be start friendly. the game. Yeah. I think everyone starts in the same journey, right? When yeah. you start the game, you have your work leagues, you're you have your friends, about league, it. yeah, and you're obsessed. Yeah. Then you find Twitter, you find Fantasy Football Scout, and then you thrash all your friends. Yeah. Then, they're they're, then you're well ahead no of, of the competition. <laughs> so then they start, they stop even inviting you for these the, any any uh, any um, incentive related leagues. And so you're kicked out of all of them. Then your mini leagues become your friends on Twitter. You know your yeah. the the, the uh, your WhatsApp league or you know your FF Scout mods and cons league. So there is nobody like that. Like yeah. I need to sort of chase down that I'm second. But that's me particularly. I think our our viewers may have that. In many cases they could be second. So yeah, don't don't let don't don't go as a if you're if you think your number one guy will also go as a
2: You know I I like um I had a a very close friendship group like you know six to ten players sort of a uh, mini league that was that you know my obsession began with and initially it was a, it was like i was like oh i need to beat them so i was like you know consuming content and sort of uh it was just too easy right at a certain point what happens with the real like sort of casuals is you almost want to help them uh because it's such a you know drastic you know difference in points um but yeah, it's been a uh, it's been interesting with the mini league situation. I think I'm more invested in my overall rank now. But yeah,
1: which is which is actually not the way to play. I'm it's actually you know it's one play. of those yeah. things where and... I wish I could go back, not know about EO, just pick on vibes. Yeah. But now when you think about overall rank, then you're thinking you know like I've been demotivated for the last four or five weeks because yeah. you know demotivated. By the way, is not a bad yeah. thing. Like I didn't care. Uh, because Wilson did well and I went ESAC. Um, I didn't care because I'm like, you know, if I'm not getting top 10K, I'm okay. I'm not going to go down below 100K. Then it's all a little bit of everything is fine. Like I don't like I'll pick two players that will do differently, but if they don't do well, it's it's not the end of the world. So OR actually is a little bit of a boring way to play. Um, I, I wish I could go back to playing, you know, having a close mini league with a friend or a, yeah. or a bunch of friends and, and work leagues.
2: Well, you know what what I, I enjoy the process right you have in anything in life I feel like you have to sort of enjoy the process maybe not everything but uh, especially like when i when I play golf uh, I thought the the process of practicing and getting better I, I was addicted to getting better right and in terms of FpL2 like you can spend all week on it thinking about it and get it wrong compared to the guy who's on Um, shout out let's talk fpl for like 10 minutes before the deadline and you know make similar moves or gets you know information in five minutes and makes a move and that move may pay off better than you but uh, i i just think that we have something special in that you know we're talking about each game week for an hour and we're obsessing over picks, we're thinking about you know helicopter planning this and that but i i I just i just think that's part of the the beauty and and why we're we're playing fpl yeah
1: oh absolutely you hit the nail on the head you have to accept The your your competition. I mean, if you're talking about the whole game, and and if the game wasn't as big as it is, we can sit here complain. But it's because the game is as big as it is, we get, you know, like you mentioned, Stormzy talking about FPL, people going on Sky, people talking about you know having 400k subs. Uh, So the game is getting bigger. Yeah, there will be some side effects of that, but that's for the game to fix. But we digress. And speaking of
2: Sky, you were on your second appearance this last weekend. How how was that experience, and was it di- different from the first time we went? Uh,
1: I mean, the, the the whole thing was. I, I mean, you, you, your your comfort level is similar, right? As in a lot better because you, you're going for the sec- second time. You know where the thing is, where you have to sign in, where how where you have to go. Um, Haley was still there, so it it. I, I think in a lot of sense, it was much better. But then you weren't there. So, um, you know, so it's not the same. (laughs) Nice, nice.
2: Okay, let's transition to Liverpool, Arsenal, Tottenham.
1: Let's go Liverpool. Liverpool is an interesting one because a lot of people have double Liverpool. So I don't think Liverpool is a buy as such. But I also want to say Liverpool is a team that is fairly reliable for a team news. So, right, we also have to take this stuff into account. Because because, let's say... No, because they have accounts that share their news, you know, like Anfield Express. And there's there's like big accounts that share their news well before kickoff. I mean, I think the previous game, we had their team four hours before kickoff. So my point is, this is a team where you have to think about what happens if, what happens if Firmino is starting? Does it mean that you'll pick him because he's, he's playing against Southampton? Or are you afraid that Firmino basically comes on plays for 50 minutes, you know, claps, gives the, you know, lets Gakpo finish the game almost like a handover of what he's trying to do. Or do you think that actually Firmino is good for 90 minutes? So think about that now, because we may yeah. get Liverpool news. Yeah. When you're thinking about Darwin, Nunes starting. I think for me, that would be great. Like that, that is something that I'm very excited. If he starts, he's in. If Jota is starting, he's in. If right. I can afford it, obviously. But then if Diaz is starting in the in the standard Gakpo-Diaz-Sala, which is which has been what they've been playing with, then I'm thinking, Diaz, is he going to get 60-70 minutes? You know, he's coming back from an injury. He's definitely going to give Jota some minutes. I'm less keen. So I, I'm just trying to play it in my head on these scenarios. Another one, if Firmino's starting, that for me impacts a little bit on whether I'm captaining Salah or not. Because... Mm-hmm. It's nothing to do with him giving him penalties or anything. But I think they're doing it because they think this is more of a testimonial. This is more of a, we can take it easy. But if it's their first team that we hear that's starting, then that means Klopp has told them, take this game seriously. You know, we want to go for it. So, Captain Salah becomes a much bigger option. At least those are my thoughts for Liverpool.
2: Yeah, it's tough to predict. Even if United lock up the Champions League spot, uh, I think it's Thursday, Thursday, right? Uh, Even if they lock it up. Who who knows, right? Maybe maybe, um, maybe Klopp still wants to be very serious, and it's there's no Firmino testimonial. But I do feel like in that scenario, Firmino definitely gets to start, and you know he did perform well. So,
1: yeah, Firmino is very interesting. Have you thought about getting Firmino at all? It depends. I think I like other strikers more, mm-hmm. like Jesus, like I'll talk about Villa, uh, Oli Watkins, but. He's decent, but I don't like the minutes. Even if he starts, I don't like the minutes. So he yeah. doesn't fit the criteria of, I think, opponent motivation, it fits, attacking team fits. Minutes, minutes, I'm not very sure of. Even if he starts, I'm not very sure of. So again, it could work, but you, you could also see a 50th minute sub. Okay. For those that might not have Trent, do you go to Trent? Nah. Really? I- it's difficult to get to him with one free, you know, with, you know, if you have so many funds in the bank, then you would have gone for Trent anyway. So mm-hmm. it's going to need two transfers to get to Trent. Mm-hmm. And I think just, again, we talked about defense and clean sheets and it's an away game. I don't think you have to go for Trent if you don't have him. But I think most people at Trent is like 80% on now. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Salah, so like captaincy. So, yeah. Yeah, I think I, I said about Salah captaincy. I think it's it's definitely on the table yeah. if it's a strong team that they put out. Like my thinking is, this applies to Arsenal as well. What is the manager telling the team before game week, before this final game week? He's telling them that look, we've had, we've not achieved what we wanted to. In Arsenal's case, we'll come to it. I mean, Arsenal I think have overachieved, or have done very well, but the the, the talk will so be, careful, let's go boss, out and careful. put on a show for the last game to show that we're going to be strong next season. And I think both Arsenal and... So both Klopp and Arteta will be saying similar things where, forget about what's happened in the last five, six game weeks. We haven't, in Liverpool's case, made the Champions League or in Arsenal's case, won the league. But let's go out on a bang so that people know that we're serious for next season. That's what I think. Yeah. Um, okay. Arsenal. Let's Arsenal. go for Arsenal. Yeah. Yep. I dr- I really like the, pe- the fact... That people are going lukewarm on Arsenal. I love it. I love it too. Yeah. Because yes, they lost to Forrest. But that game, Forrest away has been tricky. Forrest were playing for their lives. Arsenal had just sort of... They, you know, you could see that they they knew that the league is going. Yeah. So it was gone. Arsenal at home. Final home game of the season.
2: Yeah. Nothing to lose.
1: A lot of... Yeah. I I, I know two people who've bought over 500 pound tickets for this game eight weeks ago Uh because they thought Arsenal will lift the trophy. Now, sorry for them. They're not going (laughs) to see that. But what I mean is Arsenal fans will be up for this game to celebrate a great season because I think Arsenal have had a great season. Mm -hmm. So just because they've had last few weeks of disappointment, I think Arteta will be very, very strong about let's end on a high. We have to leave the season on a high because it's a great season. We've lost out to a very, very, very good team. But that doesn't mean we are ourselves not very, very good. Mm-hmm. So he plays first team, and I think they win 4-0. That's my feeling for this game. You know, when I hear like... Uh,
2: did this This is why like FPL managers, like even though we're not like fo- football... We are football focused, but it's like, you know, there's, there's gameplay here, right? When I hear the narrative of Arsenal drop the ball they had an eight what i think seven eight point lead and they lost it like that stuff frustrates me because it's like bro like they had a very tough schedule in the second half of the season they don't have the money or death like man city does you saw what happened to united like we we saw this unfold right we we saw it was going to be extremely difficult for them to you know maintain this this race they also had a very hot start they had a very hot sort of mid mid mid-season um Like it's a long season and you need a lot of good players that come off the bench that can be put into the team when and they're a young team as well. Right. So at the same time, you don't want to downplay this because you still want to, you know, get your players involved enough to think that they're disappointed. They want more. They need to get better. You know, the, the board needs to go out and try to assign more players and they don't want this to be like a one season wonder type of thing. So, it'll be very important for them to go out on a high morale and come back in the summer, and make some signings and we'll see, we'll see if they are the real deal next season. I think next season's going to be a very important, you know, thing in the Arsenal timeline. They have all the pe- you know, people, coaches, players in place to go off this and go for a run for the next couple of seasons. We'll see about that, but uh, yeah, I, I hate yeah. that narrative. I, they didn't drop the ball. I, I do think it's they had a good it's, season. It's
1: social media, man. Yeah. I, I think the people who are saying that are either Spurs fans, which is fair enough, or basically they they don't they don't recognize what this team has done. Yeah. People were not even expecting them to make Champions League this year, so to go from that. <laughs> Adam, <laughs> um, of course, Adam is in the chat, and yeah, um, yes, yeah, Spurs fans can be happy, but yeah, um, to go from people not predicting you to be in the Champions League to actually coming second quite clearly um, ahead of Liverpool, ahead of Man United, ahead of, you know, teams that were expected to make top four, maybe not Man United as such, but, you know, even Spurs were so good under Conte, So they have had a wonderful season. So I have no doubt in my mind that they will play a very strong team. And I have no doubt also given how poor Wolves have been away from home, that this is going to be a battery.
2: Yeah. Okay. So let's pick the, your best defensive option, midfield option, and you know attacking, I think, is obvious. Jesus, but
1: defensive, I'm not that keen. Okay, interesting. Um, I mean, if Kivior is starting and he funds something, Kivior is 4.0. Mm-hmm. So let's say Kivior is starting and Jesus is starting, and somebody wanted to do a double transfer to afford Isak to Jesus to downgrade, let's say Trippier to a 4.0 defender. Fine, then that makes sense. But I think an Everton defender is equally good as an Arsenal defender. Arsenal have not been as great defensively. And I don't think they will focus as much on defense. So I'm thinking maybe 4-1 or something like that. So in midfield, yeah, Odegaard, Trossard, all good. And and of course, Saka, if you can get there. Yeah, but if you had to pick, um,
2: I, I I prefer Odegaard over Trossard any day. How about yourself?
1: I mean, I'm done picking between Arsenal mids. I think you spent enough, um, it's one game week, get the guy you can afford. Of course, you have money. If you have money, you go Odegaard. Um, because I think, the 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 one thing about this game is because it's the final home game, they will be a lot of subs as well. Now I don't have any data to prove this, but I think people like to give a run out, you know, for for, for thanking players. So Fabio Vieira might play, um, at, or come on, Inketia might come on. So thinking through that as well, even Ryan Nelson might come on. So just thinking through that, who will get the most minutes out of them? I think Saka is obviously the most secure, yeah. although Nelson sometimes comes on for him. But f- fair enough. I mean, I think all of them are decent. Yeah. By the way, uh,
2: Hongi Chan scored for Wolves. If, in case you're feeling that.
1: <laughs> you know, there's a, there's some uh, behind the scenes talk on uh, Lo not actually staying on next season. Oh, really? Because, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, this is nothing. In this is just rumored stuff. But he's been disappointed with how wow. much Wolves have not, or how little Wolves have backed him. I mean, he's an elite manager. He was ex Real yeah, Madrid, ex sure. Spain, yeah, right? Yeah. So he hasn't been backed. And in fact, because of FFP, they might have to actually sell players next season instead of buying more. So it may not work out, but all the more reason, all my narratives again for Wolves are, they have nothing to play for. Manager is disinterested. They've been horrible away from home. You have a home team. If Arsenal score a goal early on, then this is a party. Yeah. If Wolves score early on, then it could also become something very flat where Arsenal end up doing one-all or something.
2: Yeah.
1: I like it. Nice. So narratives on Arsenal, and yeah, I'm if I have the funds and I have the opportunity, I'm going Arsenal made over as it. Uh, but and I and I'm fine with that. Okay. Um, let's go to the next one, which would you, is would you Spurs. Do, would you do Bruno Rissaca if like there's nothing else you needed to do? Nah, I, I'm not taking to... out good players for good yeah. players. Okay. That's okay. not what I'm gonna do. That's what Even I, mean. I wouldn't do Bruno to Salah or anything. One game, man. One game. If your player is starting, he's on penalties, he's playing a good fixture, he's ticking all the three criteria, then there's no need. Unless you're captaining, obviously. Let's say you don't have Salah and you want to go Bruno back to Salah because you have to captain Salah.
2: Fair okay, let's go to Tottenham um you know Kane is a very hot topic if you could get to Kane without selling Holland, I think that's a brilliant move. It probably takes two two moves to get there, so it could be again that as a move in order to fund one of your other strikers up. Uh, I think he's a good captaincy option. I do think um if the scenario I want to talk about is if we ever hear that Holland is out, everybody's gonna to flock to Holland to Kane and
1: then probably captain either Kane or Salah right probably yeah probably um. You could think of a double move if Haaland is out with, let's say, a Brighton mid and Haaland to Jesus and Saka. That's mm-hmm. something that I have in mind if Haaland is out. But I think, um, but that's because I'm very high on that Arsenal game. But I think on the Leeds game, look, man, I mean, what can you say? Kane will get a goal for sure. Yeah. So uh, if you want, if you want your narratives, then yeah, uh, how 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 many does he need for 20 goals? Um, I'm not he's, sure. Mm-hmm. He's two goals of 30 goals. Sorry. Uh, he's two goals short of thirty goals. Yeah. So yeah, brace is coming in. Yeah. Tell yeah. me about Sun. Would you go, Sun? Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm.
2: This is why we need to get to bus teams today because you need to tell me how to get to Sun. I want Sun so bad. And
1: um, I already talked to you out of Sun before that Crystal Palace game. Imagine if you sold Salah for Sun that that week. What I was know, it four weeks ago? So there, that's why the Bruno thing. I kind of like subtly asked. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I think it's fair. No, I'm not gonna shoot any option down yeah. this week because this week's implications are none. If you go for it, if you, normally in game week 31 you make a bad transfer, you have to unwind the transfer and that. So the mistake actually costs you more than just one game week. Here it's fine. It's just one game week. Um, so Sun, I think is a good option. If if you can if you can pr- if someone can tell me that he definitely starts and it's not Rich Allison and Kane or something, some funky setup. I
2: I think I'm ninety eight percent sure he's gonna start because um what's his name? Who's the coach right now for Spurs? Mason Mason. Mason, yeah. Mason just like there's no from what I've seen, every time he comes in as an interim coach, he just sticks his best players in the team no matter what. So I'm I'm very convinced he starts with alongside
1: Kane. And they're playing like a two top right now. Yeah, but this is why I'm afraid that Richarlison could start. Rich- Richarlison didn't start the last game. They even had uh, players like Danjuma and, and you know, basically, they were a little bit on rotation, mm-hmm. you know, like Poro didn't start. So it felt like he was showing the new manager who they don't know who it is yet, that these are all the options that are on the table. Mm-hmm. It's my only little inkling that what happens if Richarlison starts? Kane's still going to start. So I'm not saying Sun won't start, but I think does he get 90 minutes or not is my question. Yeah, I don't know about 90 minutes. I think he gets 75 plus. Um,
2: I think he's a good, good punt. I don't think he's a you know option that I can scream for this season. It's been a tough season. Still, he got 10 plus goals, and uh, but I do think Kane is the the better option if he can
1: get. There. Kane is the pick. Kane is yeah. the pick. against Leeds. This is also true for West Ham when we come to that. For Spurs and West Ham, you want the players that will play the last 30 minutes.
2: Yeah, when they're because, tired because and game
1: season No, no, not just tired. Yeah. Because of the scenario yeah. that they have to go for a win if if Everton are not winning. Right, right. League so stage. They, they have to go for a win. This was my logic, by the way, starting Isak over Trippier. It didn't work out. But basically, I was thinking the same thing, that, that Leicester have to go for it. So I want the guy who plays the last 30 minutes, and that could be Isak. And it t- turned out, I mean, Wilson was subbed off. Isak was playing number nine. But Leicester had a very weird game where they just said, OK, I'm, we're going to take a point here and then we'll attack the West Ham game. But they can't do that now. They have to go for it. So you need the player who plays the last 30 minutes. If Sun starts and he's subbed off on the 70th minute for Rich Allison, he's a useless pun. Mm. But that's why Kane is ultimate. Kane is going to play 90 minutes and he's going to be there for that break when Leeds have overcommitted. And they have to go for a goal, and Keynes is going to either pass the ball to whoever scores or score himself. Okay. So he's great. He's, Crane is a great punt. And Poro is a great, great punt as well. Yeah. If he starts again, if we know if he starts. Yeah. Okay, let's uh, get through the uh, a couple more teams. Um, we're nearing the hour mark for us. Uh... Okay. So let's do Bournemouth Everton. I think Solanke, if you have him, but you don't buy him, Man United Fulham. I think everyone is on double or triple Man United, so there's nothing to do there, particularly. A lot of people are getting tempted by selling Bruno. I wouldn't do it, man. Yeah. Unless just, he's, he's not starting. Yeah, you, you'd
2: keep you keep Bruno against Fulham at home.
1: Bruno can score a 12-pointer against Fulham. I, yeah. I mean, if people didn't have him and Bruno was, let's say, 6 million, people would be saying he's my punt for this game, week. Bruno on pens, playing a Fulham team who have nothing to play for. Just because he's a little bit more expensive... And we have him, and he's not a new shiny toy. People are thinking, "Oh, I can use his money to get another shiny toy." Let's say you there's have, nothing wrong with the shiny toy.
2: Let's let's say you have one free transfer plus, and then Bruno. Like I, I do think he starts, right? I don't think there's no doubt. I don't know. Maybe maybe he gets rested, but let let's say he starts. Let's say the Rashford thing is carried on, and they have nothing to play for in 38, and you know Rashford decides. We get news that he's benched or doesn't start. And then I'm sure there's another benching elsewhere. Um, in that scenario, is like a Rashford move to a Arsenal mid or something worth a hit?
1: Yeah. Yeah, of course. Okay. I mean, if you're taking out a player, there's very low upside. But if you're taking out a player who's not starting and you know it's confirmed, not a rumor, it's confirmed that he's not starting. Two players on the bench, you get one for free, you get another one for a hit. Yes, maybe that can work out. Assuming, of course, that your bench option isn't better. So if, if you're benching a good player... You just then just bench Rashford yeah, for another yeah, yeah. player. Yeah. Hits generally don't work out in one game. week. have that rule. I know in our minds, it's a bit like gambling or other things that we do. We fix it only on the win. We dream about the win. We dream about the haul uh, that my guy will score a brace. But, you know, practically speaking, expected points is about four to five. So if you yeah. take a hit, you're basically giving up. You're upset. Okay. Uh, so yeah, keep keep Man United. I don't think there's any reason to lose them unless they're not starting. Um, By the
2: way, um, just this, this football talk again, but you know, Napoli just won the Serie A and first time in 30 years and they signed uh, Kim Min Jae from Fenerbahce uh, and he, he was a, he was outstanding for, he was the best yeah. defender in the league. He's right? rumored to join Man United. He's jo- yeah. rumored to join United and I know you haven't seen a lot of him and United fans, if you haven't seen a lot of him, this guy's incredible. Like, I, I, and very proud of him uh, as a, you know, fellow Korean, but, um, you watch out for him, United fans. He's going to be fantastic. I don't know where he fits in. He still has to, maybe they play a three at the back, but. He uh, right footed yeah, or left footed? He, he can play both. So he's amazing at carrying the ball up. Obviously, great defender, really good at sort of long. He reminds me of, like, Van Dyke when, you know, Van Dyke's playing really well. Um, so I think you'll be very surprised at what you have in your not, hands. Not
1: Ronaldo uh, overplaying his South Korean players, but yeah. I mean, keep, that's yeah. my
2: that's my branding. Uh, <laughs> that's that's what I need to do. You know, like we have very few players, um, uh, but yeah, he's really really good. So yeah, I think Newcastle look to are looking for looking to maybe sneak him in, but I do think that United
1: are likely to um, to bring him in. Yeah. Cool, cool. Okay, so let me see. I'm going down the the, the teams to see if there's other talking points. Yeah. Um, Leicester-West Ham let's talk about actually no Brighton-Villa I need to talk about Brighton-Villa so Brighton are mathematically could be through if they. well mathematically will be through if they draw or win against Man City let's say they're not and let's say they lose to Man City I think even then they could put out a decent team so there's no reason to lose your Brighton assets it's just still an elite attack and they could do well but I think Villa have to win I mean they will want to win not have to, but will, they will want to win. So I think a lot of people are ignoring Watkins because he's not a new shiny toy. They've hmm. owned him. He's blanked a couple of times. So they've forgotten that he was very good. We were so attracted to Ollie Watkins that we had him on a free hit. Who was he playing? Away to Newcastle or something? Or He had a, he had a tough game. Yeah. But we had him because the guy couldn't stop scoring. He's on penalties. He's the focal point of the attack. All the things we said six weeks ago, you can watch the video, why are people not looking at Watkins? Because he's ruined my season, Pras. <laughs> I mean, you, I mean, you don't get him.
2: Fine, but other people. No, it's fair. It's a, it's a good point. Um, yeah, if especially the fact that they're going for that seventh place, could be interesting.
1: Yeah, he's gonna start. Get ninety minutes. Yeah. If he scores that pen, in the last game, people are talking about Watkins this week. And Brighton
2: doesn't scare you at all, right? Even though they're not defensively. You know they're more of an
1: offensive machine. Yeah. Villa at home are a good team, mm-hmm. and and Brighton with lacking motivation will still do well, but maybe minutes. Maybe they don't play all the big guns. They are knackered. Remember that. I mean they are, have been playing midweek after midweek after midweek. I mean basically like over the last five six weeks they've had a Man United type season. So I mean Mitoma is still being flogged, even though he he you know he looks tired. He uh, yes he could have scored points this game week those two glaring misses but yeah you you never know who starts that game I have a question what what's the difference between Aston
2: Villa wanting to play the Conference League Europa Conference League and Tottenham not wanting to play the Conference League isn't there like how does the money work here uh, you, you know like for a team like Aston Villa is it just more games more attendance or do you, do you know what well the, uh, you know?
1: there's not a huge prize money. For the conference league it's about winning a trophy you see what West Ham is, is doing right now right they're they're in a final um, mm-hmm. their fans are absolutely buzzing because they made a European Cup final it's the conference league so it's not like they're going to get 50 million prize money for it but it's a trophy so for Aston Villa I mean you'd argue Tottenham would want a trophy as well but that's not me to say um, Aston Villa want a trophy they want European football back and so they're desperate for it yeah. Spurs want top four next season they don't want distractions So they're thinking if we're not in it, then maybe we'll be better off under a new manager who can focus on the league. A kind of like an Arsenal did this year or, you know, like in seasons past when Chelsea haven't had any European distractions. So that's basically the difference in motivations.
2: Yeah, yeah, well put.
1: So I like Watkins as a pick, um, personally. Uh, I even like Ramsey or somebody as a midfield pick, but there's other better midfield picks. So this is why I think in attack. And again, I'm talking about Watkins because people have a striker spot that they may want to use. You know, like Isak could be fine against Chelsea, but maybe if you wanted to punt, then Isak to Watkins or Jesus or Kane or even Alvarez if he's starting are all decent shots. Nice. And yes, Stefan makes a good point that Unai Emery has an amazing record in Europe. So that guy is desperate for Europe. I mean, although that's Europa League, not Conference League, but still. For Aston Villa to
2: be just playing in Europe also is very meaningful, um, and you know okay. Spurs have are trying to rebuild and and sort of focus on, you know, getting one thing done at uh,
1: one thing done at a time. So
2: yeah, I get it.
1: Okay, so then um, Leicester West Ham. Let's talk about that as the final game. Mm-hmm. Thing here is. I think Madison and Barnes will start again. That was very specific against Newcastle where he benched them because he just thought, if I'm going to attack Newcastle, I'm going to lose this game. So basically, the tactics were, let's just get a draw and move on. So I think Madison definitely starts. Whether you want to go there or not is a different question. I think he's a fair punt if they have to win. Vardy is a fair punt. Ian is a fair punt. But more importantly, on the other side, on West Ham's side. Now, people are saying West Ham have a final to come. The final is 10 days after. So it actually their main team could play and it's a bit like spurs where you could get if you get if you can nail down the player that plays between minute 60 to minute 90 again the period where leicester will have to go for it then i'm i'm good with that punt i've seen a lot of bowen shouts antonio shouts i don't think those guys have to start play over 60 minutes just to protect them for the final
2: yeah and they you think think they'll just play
1: to get rhythm under their belt and and just yeah 10 days later is the game yeah but that's for me is a problem because if they start then they're not as good punts because as you want a guy who's playing all 90 minutes in that game a in bit other like words,
2: you know we can we, it's even if you
1: get team news it's, this is impossible to predict it's impossible to predict yeah. this is why i'm li- little less keen on on west ham picks um but i think if you can nail down the guy who plays 90 minutes you're 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 in uh, for points
2: yeah nice
1: um, Mitro, yes FPLA plus Mitro is back to Old Trafford yeah, he's a fair punt I mean, I was on Sky and the one question Gianni and I disagreed with they asked if Mitro is a good punt I said, nah, he's useless uh, he's got two tough games He's and obviously he braces uh, look, he's back to Old Trafford I look, Man United have been decent in terms of conceding big chances Um, I don't think he's the best pick so I'm going to stick to my original opinion Yes, the, the vibes are there because he's coming back to the stadium where he got the original eight game week ban. But yeah, I think Man United we will want to keep it solid last home game week of the season. Yeah, I'm not even considering him, but wouldn't be surprised to see him get two goals. Uh people are talking about DCL a lot in the Everton section. I, is DCL fit? I don't think he's fit. I, I don't
2: have no think idea, he's fit.
1: But uh um... No. I mean, he was subbed off. So, of course, let's see if he's... I mean, he could be a good pick as well if if he's fit. If but he's then fit you, you're in, just taking a yeah.
2: If he's fit and playing 90,
1: would you consider him? He won't play 90. His body won't last. Yeah. But yeah, he's decent. If he's if he's fit, and if you told me now that I've seen the future and he plays 90 minutes, yeah, he's a good pick. Okay. That's it, right? Yeah, um, it. We'll d- There's with. just a couple of other supplementary slides, yeah. which we can just show. We don't need to spend a lot of time on it. Mm-hmm. Um, the next slide is uh, is on is on odds because I think this game week it all depends on what happens in this one game week. Mm-hmm. So this is from FPL review, by the way. Um, shout out to FPL review, a great website to sort of help you plan or, or think about expected points. Um, so this is what goes into their model. So they obviously take clean sheet data for defender points, midfielder points, and they take goal scoring odds into account as long as in addition to underlying data for expected points. Yeah. So clean sheets, Everton is the highest. So I think our, our thing on Everton defenders, or I, I should say Adam from Above Average FPL's thing on Everton defenders, I think it's it's fine. I think it's a fair pick to get an a, an Everton defender for the reasons and the narratives we talked about. And then Arsenal and Man United all decent as well. And then uh, predictive points? Uh, No, so the other one is uh, basically top goal scoring data. So if Calvert-Lewin, I think people were talking about Calvert-Lewin, if he starts, he's the highest odds for scoring this game week, followed by Salah, Haaland. This assumes 90 minutes, by the way. Start and get 90 minutes. And then Mopai, because obviously if he gets 90 minutes, they're basically predicting that this is a very good fixture for Everton and they should score and keep a clean sheet, which is basically our prediction of a 2-0, right? Yep. Yep. Um, and then, yes, yeah, Salah is, is higher in goal scoring odds than Haaland. maybe because um, you know it's a better fixture. Uh, Southampton away is obviously relegated. Brentford is not an easy, easy game. Um, so that's this. You see some Arsenal players as well in here. Jesus is forty four percent. Watkins is 43%. So Watkins and Kane are the same growth scoring odds for all the, you know, hype about Kane, but no one's talking about Watkins. I'm gonna, and then uh, let's go to the last uh, slide. Uh, mm-hmm. Sorry, Andy. No, it's okay. Go ahead. I was saying, let's go to the last slide, uh-huh. which is basically expected points from FF Scouts members area. And I think the guys at, guys at ScoutCast also showed this. I don't want to use this to show you who are the players to pick because we've just spent an hour talking about it. But I want to show this as why a hit may not be as worth it, especially if your player is starting. If your player is starting, he gets two appearance points, you're taking a hit, that's six points. The only player expected to score more than six points is Salah. Yeah. So it just feels like last game week hits could work out, but more likely will not work out. That's where I am. How much so in here. context of hits, I mean, maybe let's talk about your bus team so that we can talk about hits that you are thinking about and, and upside moves that you're thinking about. Now, I also think
2: that price points at this, you know, at looking at the final game week really doesn't matter because price points are made based on sort of a season outlook uh, or five games, 10 games data outlook. And, when it comes to one game, each team is playing a different team. I mean, this is pretty obvious stuff. So, I don't. I wouldn't fixate so much on like, oh, trying to get a more expensive player just for the sake of them being expensive. Uh, if you know
1: what I mean. Oh, of course. This is the last fling. So yeah, get anyone who you can afford.
2: Yep. So this is my team. Um, City and Brighton play today. I'm very, very hoping for. I'm really hoping for Alvarez and NC. So start. By the way, guys, this is our final team reveals before the end of the season. And I must say, uh, it's been a pleasure, but please do subscribe to FS Scout for, and, you know, look, look out for great content next season, uh, whether it be BQ, whether it be ScoutCast. Um, I'm sure David has some st- stuff uh, under his sleeves that he's thinking about. Uh, hit the like button if you don't mind. And, you know, especially next season, if you can signing up for uh, FF Scout membership early on for a discount, uh, you know, might, might help, you excel, or it's just a fun tool to use. So, um, you know, check out um, all the information related to FF Scout, and we really appreciate your support with burning questions this season. Uh, so we get to our team reveal. I have a four-four-two right now. Ederson in goal, in the mid uh, defense. I've got Trent Estupinan, Shaw Trippier. Midfield, I've got fernandez Sala, Rashford, Matoma, and up top, I've got Holland and Alvarez see, So first off the bench, Botman and then Da Silva, who you don't have to worry about. Uh, so this is a uh, man. I have no idea what's going to happen because I, I already see three or four or five players possibly getting rotated, um, you know, very limited minutes. Um,
1: just yeah. don't panic. I'm not panicking. I'm just accepting my traffic. fate. Whatever happens, happens this week. Uh, and I'm going to enjoy it. People could come off the bench know. and score as well, right? So, yeah. look, I mean, you got your points with Alvarez. I mean... I'm going to call you a little bit jammy here, so sorry. But I okay. think back to Alvarez, I really debated it. Yeah. But my thinking was that there is no chance City rotate in the Chelsea game. Because I was assuming Arsenal would beat Nottingham first. Yeah. So now if you get two starts from Alvarez, you've already got your upside. Ross, you know, uh, when I was getting Alvarez, the question I was asking
2: myself is... Like, he's not going to start this game. So am I okay with uh, taking the risk for him to start the next game? That was actually the... Train of thought I had, and you know when he got the start, I was very happy, and then obviously when he when you're starting and his second goal gets ruled out, you get a little greedy, and you think uh he could have gotten more, so that's the state I'm in right now i we need more tonight that's you know that's what I' no, no, go for
1: it look, I think it's yeah. worked out, and so that's that's how it should be, so you shouldn't think you've used one transfer to get that upside where others didn't do that so Now, if you give up a little bit of that upside because two of your players aren't starting and you don't take a hit, you just you just change one of them, you just accept that because you got your upside already. Yeah,
2: yeah, I already, I agree. Yeah.
1: So, what where where are you thinking in terms of your moves? Uh, Brighton mid to Eze. By
2: the way, I think if Enciso starts, I might start him over as stupidon I think Enciso's positioning is awful right now. Um, you know, Ferguson is the one up top, and he's playing like basically right wing back, so it's not looking great. If you, if anybody has Enciso, that's going to be a question mark whether you start stupidon or Enciso. Um, right now, I'm thinking if Rashford is out, for example, I can get to any of those Arsenal assets, so I'll probably go to Saka. That's that's where I'm at. I would love to get to Sun, but. That means removing Salah pretty much, unless there's a hit uh, worth to, it. You elsewhere. can't go
1: for Bruno to Sun, right?
2: I can't. I, I if I could, I would have done it, but I can't do that. Yeah. So it's only Salah, and that Sun's insane, you know. But I might go insane. I might go Salah to Sun and Captain him, you know. Just just go for it. Yeah.
1: Go for it. Yeah. I mean, if, if you, how far are you from ten k? About thirty points. Yeah. You're not going to get there. I mean, I'm sorry to say. There. Yeah. Um, so get get the guy you want. I mean, it, there is no difference between 32K or 28K or 42K, right? No one's going to remember. You yourself won't yeah, only remember. Only you'll remember it, but still you'll remember it, you know? Like, you'll forget. Yeah, but between between yeah. between 30 and 45K, there's no difference. Oh, you don't think so? I like would even damage
2: for... me to the point of like 70, 80,
1: 90K? Of course not. I mean, what are you expecting from him? I mean, you just saw his expected right. points is six. Yeah, what so if he gets like you know, fifteen points? You know. Yeah, but then yeah, it didn't work out. Yeah. So you know, Wilson got twenty-four points, and you're fine, right? We're yeah. alive, so it's okay. Okay. I mean, no, no, no.
2: I, I, I'm not, I'm not saying I, I, I'm worried about that. But
1: I do think that Salah is going to do really well against Southampton. Away, you know. Then don't do that exactly. Yeah. So then, then, then don't do it. If take out a player who you think either who you know is not starting or you think won't do as well and get a player who you think will do well. This is why we are talking about 40 different players that are interesting. It will depend on your team on who is the weaker link and who is the guy to get. This is why I'm really telling people not to fix it on Eze because you'll see everyone getting Eze even though for your particular team, your weakest link isn't that mid- Brighton midfielder. Yeah, I'm
2: not focused on Eze. I think another potential move is if I hear Alvarez is not starting, I can pretty much get him to... Anyone around the 2 million, uh, anyway, within 2 million. So maybe I think that means I can get to Jesus. Um, Watkins becomes an option yeah. there as
1: well. So one last yeah. fling with Watkins. Man. Yeah, one last fling. Fling. Yeah. All right. Okay. So my team um, is similar. Um, I don't have it in front of me. Hold on. Let me open it. Um, okay. So I've got Edison in gold. I, there's a chance Edison doesn't start, by the way, or Kepa. So we just leave it. We just assumed that they conceded four goals. It is what it uh, is. Then Trent, Shaw and Trippier is starting. And then in midfield, I have Rashford, McAllister, Mitoma, Salah, Bruno. And then in, in attack, Isak and Holland. I'm benching Estupinian for now because I just fancy Villa to score. Um, but he's an option. If many players are rotated, then he comes on. Um, I definitely need to lose Isak. So this is why I'm thinking more along the lines of Kane, Jesus, Watkins... Um, or any other attacker that becomes, or even Edward. Um, And then the second one is, I have two free transfers, so the second one can be anything. So most likely it'll be Mitoma out. Mitoma out mainly because he's very highly owned and I think people will just end up playing him. So I just feel that's an opportunity. Mitoma could be an Arsenal mid, could be Eze, could be anyone else. But I have a feeling it won't be Mitoma, it'll be Rashford or someone else who who we don't envisage right now. Could be Haaland. Um, so we will see and I think flowcharts has been my thing this season I think there needs to be a flowchart for every player that you think is going out and if you have fr- two free transfers then you have a multi-dimensional flowchart <laughs> where if you know if if Haaland and Rashford is out then where can you go if Haaland and um, Mitoma is out then where can you go and so and of course there needs to be a base case where you don't get any news so get ready with a pen and paper 15 minutes to deadline and then enjoy it and then get your rest. Yep, Nice. All right, guys, that's it. I want to do a few shout outs uh, before we go. Um, so I, you know, it's, it's the last episode. I do want to thank a few people. So, so firstly, at scout, um, you know, Chris, Jeff and Sam, uh, you know, for basically laying the foundations of everything that we do. Uh, I want to thank the editorial team. I think scout editorial team is absolutely fantastic. So Neil, Tom and Mark, Hebo uh, does captaincy articles. The writers at FS Scout are absolutely amazing. So shout out to them. A lot of times, when I'm sitting on a Monday evening thinking of what should we write, what should we talk about, I go to these these guys' articles and I find ideas. So thank you to them. Uh, thanks to As and and Joe. Basically, they've been behind the scenes helping us out with the graphics, with the thumbnails, with you know what we do, and obviously much more than that. Um, so thanks to them. And I and I know David is taking over next season on the video front. Um, the scout social so Ian FPL Partridge and Tom FPL Physio these are the guys who who run the socials um, in the background so thank you to them uh, there is um, uh, there is the leader of the burning questions FPL Guns I mean we haven't talked about him Ali uh, he's leading FPL um, by I think 15-16 points we're rooting for him to win it so he's obviously won burning questions this year in terms of the mini league you get a shout-out, Ali. Nothing else, unfortunately, from us, but that's all it is. <laughs> um, then I want to thank the guests. We've had uh, so many guests this year. We've had Baker. We've had Hibo so many times. We've had Joe, uh, not the Scout Joe, the Joe from, um, where is he from? Malaysia. Yeah. Malaysia. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had uh, Seb. We've had Danny uh, or Bullet in on Twitter. We've had Joe from Scout. We've had David Monday. Hibbol, Am I forgetting anyone yeah. else? So those guys, yeah. I want to thank, um, you know, the support that we get from some of the content creators around. So the Wire guys, uh, LR, Buckersoff, the Above Average FPL guys, the Black Box guys, um, as and Mark. So thank you to them. I want to do a little bit of announcements. So FPL Meets, uh, that is excellently run by Nima and Fela. They have a meetup on, on, on Game Week 38. So it's in Thirsty Bear in Waterloo. If you're in London, go to it. Uh, Shout out for uh, Game Week 39, which is the charity game, the football game, which is uh, run by Benny and Ash. Fantastically organized. That's on the 3rd of June at the Castle Vale Stadium. All of the proceeds go to charity, to Street Child United. So see if you can support that or go to the game if you can. I want to shout out uh, Fantasy Football Fest, which is basically on the 11th of August. That is just before the deadline. So you know we go again. So join Fantasy Football Fest. It's I think again at Waterloo. And last but not least, everyone here, everyone who listens to us, everyone who's been retweeting our stuff, liking our stuff, subscribing to FF Scout, giving us all the love. I mean, it's been incredible. So um, a long list. And last but not least, you, Andy. Thank you for uh, you know a whole season of uh, good chat, good FPL banter, and uh, yeah. It's been great. I mean, uh, wow, well prepared.
2: Um, Shout out to all those people that you just mentioned. I I feel the exact same way. It's a joint shout out. Yeah. Um, But I would like to thank, um, I think the people who, whether you listen to us one time or, you know, you're here for every week, um, you know, I, I I think little messages and stuff like that really go a long way. And um, even if you don't message, I do, I do feel the love and, um, it's very hard to be uh, top-notch all the time and try to do your best. But what I can say is I, I've always been trying to do my best. And um, if you could see that, I really appreciate it. Um, I've done some incredible things through Burning Questions, uh, something I didn't even imagine two years ago, right? I was just uh, you know on my phone, uh, excited about the next game week, trying to beat my mini-league <laughs> friends. And two months ago, we were on Sky Sports, uh, which was something... You know, I don't. I don't want to be a sports broadcaster or or a full-time podcaster or, you know, full-time content creator. That's not. That's. I have things in life that I need to take care of. But to be able to do this is something I'll forever remember, regardless of how long this goes. Um, Thank you, Pross. I think, uh, burning questions is. uh, You know, this is led by you, um, and I do my part to to keep it up. And um, you know, I I I think. I think our, our relationship is going to, regardless of, you know, however, what happens in life, um, this is something that I will cherish forever. So I always appreciate you, my brother. Um, yeah, thank much. you. To, thank you to the, to all the names that we see very, very um, often. Um, you know, I don't want to mention everybody. because I,
1: I wanted to yeah. do a listener shout out, but I was like, I'm going to miss out many. so many, There's, there's too so many. many we see yeah. in the chat yeah. and yeah. who retweet, who, who like our stuff. So, I mean, it's yeah. incredible, man. It's, incredible. A, it's an absolute yeah. privilege
2: yeah i i it's like something i'm i'm so uh proud about not not like becoming popular or famous and i don't care about that it's just like um proud that i'm able to have a platform to speak about fantasy premier league right that's that's an incredible thing to have and to be able to share it with you guys and and you know give back to the community that has given me so much so that's how i always feel i don't i don't take it for granted um, and, uh, I don't, you know, value myself as a better manager than anybody else. That's not the point. It's just, uh, I just like talking about this and having a place to talk about it every week with you is, is incredible. Um, so thank you guys so much. Yeah.
1: Thank you. Thank you. And we will, you know, 15th of June, the fixtures are released. So, uh, the content never ends. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> hey, good luck, everybody yeah. for game week 38.
2: Okay, guys, thank you so much, and we'll see you next season.